0: I want want to invite you to go to Matthew chapter 24 this morning, Matthew chapter 24, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and 1 Samuel chapter 17. Matthew 24, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and 1 Samuel chapter 17. There are three events you need to be made aware of that's happening in our culture. One concludes today is SatanCon that was being held in Boston, Massachusetts as the largest satanic gathering in the history of the world. Completely sold out event in Boston where they are there to celebrate all things darkness. There is a tremendous amount of unity and energy that is happening in the satanic dark realm unlike the world has ever known. I want you to be aware of that so that you are not called or caught and become surprised at the increased evil that is being released upon our nation with greater darkness and deeper confusion. The second thing that I need you to be aware of and to caution you on is what I would call as we are entering into a phase of artificial intelligence. Please listen to what I'm about to say to you. This is not a plaything. It is not anything that you and I should engage in frivolously. It is in our culture. It is a part of our society and is weaving its way into mainstream in every facet of our lives. Do not be naive. If you engage with artificial intelligence And I'm not saying not to, but I am sending forth a warning that everything that you do is being collected, analyzed, and tracked. Which already is, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and other areas and venues and mediums that we use. I don't want to cause any crazy alarm, but I'm just telling you That as we end and come to the conclusion of all things, this is a key component of how the end will come to its conclusion. It is all about the dumbing down of our culture and being completely dependent upon someone else to do your work for you. It is neutralizing your voice, your intellect, your convictions. It will become a feeder to your soul and a feeder to those who want to manipulate you and control you and track you. I am not saying do not learn about it or utilize it I'm not saying, I'm just telling you to be cautious. I am alarmed at what I hear and what I hear very intelligent people who are in the know who are issuing warnings of which they are saying that we are about to embark on a season the world has never ever known. And the brainiacs that I talk to are saying to us, We have no idea the power and the potential and the capacity of artificial intelligence. Next, I want to caution you and for you to become aware of the digital currency which will become mainstream in America within the next decade. They are going to remove all cash transactions where the only way that you can purchase and buy things is by, you, by using a governmental centralized banking system. I was watching television the other day, and to my alarm, I watched a very subtle and soft ad promoting and highlighting the advantage of digital currency. This is one of the most dangerous developments that our world is embarking on. When there is a central bank with a digital currency, everything and every purchase and transaction that you make is controlled and tracked by a government agency. Currently, there are over 100 countries who are beginning to implement the digital currency. If you are a student of your Bible, you will understand that this is a fulfillment of how one central world order can begin to control every sense of your life. China is leading the way on this. President Biden and others in his administration are pushing headstrong on making this and being adopted in our culture and our economic systems. They have a lot of hills to climb and pothos to navigate, but it will happen. It will happen. Why is this dangerous? Because whoever is in charge of the digital currency controls, monitors your purchases. If there is a far-leaning political system that leans far to the left, and you are a far-leaning right person, they do have the capacity... At that very moment, if you want to donate $200 digitally to your particular political candidate, someone can approve or disapprove that purchase. If you are a tithe-paying individual and you are behind on your rent or facing foreclosure, A governing body at that moment can decide to control all of your your purchases. We know this a little bit by the garnering of the wages, but we've not seen anything about what we're about to see. For instance, if you go to a church like Christ Fellowship Church that believes in biological males and biological females, and we hold to a... Judeo-Christian ethic biblical worldview and we say things that may not be in compliance to the culture and society because they are aware of our church and our position they will begin to monitor the people and the purchases of the folks in this room. And they will get to decide that your monies that go to this house to support it are hate purchases that are condoning a worldview that society no longer adopts or calls it dangerous or even a crime. So they will deny your tithe. Or a missionary. We don't we don't support Samaritan's purse. So denied. You're behind on your payment well you don't need to be giving to a cause we need to take this money and dedicate it towards your car note now the reason I'm saying this is I do not want you to be caught in the naivety of our culture of how Christians get swept up into something that is new and faddish and we begin to just like head over heels, engage ourselves into it. I'm telling you, all of these things that for you to monitor them, the centralized bank, which is coming, which is coming, We, you will not and we will not be able to stop it. I sat on an airplane on Thursday to one of the most incredible organizations called the Alliance Defense Fund. This particular organization defended the baker in California because he would not sell a cake to a gay couple, and they were sued. I'm sitting next to one of their lawyers, has God allowed it? I began to ask him questions of one who knows and who is in the legal system of our country and knows and and arguing uh, cases in front of uh, very high profile cases. He looked me in the eye and he says, Todd, you do not understand the horrific nature of this digital currency that is coming and will be upon us before we even know it. He says, Todd, you do not understand what this artificial intelligence, the capability it has to control and to manipulate one's life, their thought processes, and their everyday living. Now, with me being your pastor, I'm just telling you to make sure that we are aware that these are not normal times. Of which we are living. In. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? I don't mean to scare you, but I do mean to alarm you. I don't mean to frighten you, but I do mean to cause you to think twice, to read articles from the left and from the right. Please do not allow your only source of news to be Fox News. Our right leaning commenta- uh, commentators and journalists. Be well balanced. Understand both sides because both sides, believe it or not, do have an agenda. I trust you enough and I trust our leaders enough to be able to break down arguments and come and basically weigh it against the Word of God. And that's where we should stand. Matthew chapter 24, the disciples asked Jesus a question, what will the end be like? They asking the question, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of your age? And I want you to know that Jesus did not bring a lot of comforting words right here. He just added to their confusion. And he he added, if you will, to their their inner struggle and their turmoil on, on what they were feeling on the inside. Even though he brought some comfort, but he did not give them an out. In other words, what he was saying, that when the end begins to unfold... It will be the beginning of the end and nothing will be able to stop it. So as he sat on the Mount of Olives in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, they asked him the question, what will be the end of the coming or what will be the end of the age? And Jesus answered and he said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. So I find this very interesting. He says, make sure that you don't become deceived. If there is at any moment in the church that we need discernment, it is now. If there is a moment in the church's history that we need wise men and wise women to stand up and to be beacons of truth, unemotional truth, highly intellectual, educated people, spirit-minded, spirit-filled, who have a grasp on the culture and our society, it is now. We do not need people to bloviate and to talk out of emotion or a persuasion. We need individuals that are wise, both naturally and spiritually. And in the hour, the first thing that Jesus says in the end times, he said, make sure that you make sure that no one deceives you. Amen. And the trouble about deception is this, you do not recognize it most of the times when you're being deceived. That's right. And it's usually after the fact of something catastrophic or negative happening, you go, wow, I was deceived. Yeah, that's right. But there is a place that we can get in God uh, where the Bible says that we can have our senses exercised to the point of sharpened that we can tell what is right and wrong and what is the difference between almost right and exactly right. I find that interesting. He goes on to say, see that you understand that you're going to hear of wars and rumors of war. But see that you are not troubled. For all of these things will and must come to pass. So understand here, listen to me, and I, and I, I want you to feel my spirit. I feel in my heart, I'm, I think, I think, I could be wrong. I think that we are in that phase of the beginning of the end, unlike any other time in history. We have never seen things more aligned than what they are at this season. Twenty years ago, we did not have the capacity for a one-world government. We did not have the understanding or the technology to have a one-world digital currency, where one person or a team or a group control every transaction in your world. But now we do. And in the midst of this, Jesus says two things: don't be deceived and don't be troubled. I find that hard to embrace. My Western mindset of my 58 years on the planet has been a Western Christianity, an American gospel of blessing, of prosperity, of advancement, of an accumulation of material things that prove to the world that I have the favor of God on my life. Moving from one blessing to the next blessing to the next blessing, and it was gauged upon the things and possessions that you acquired over time. Peace, happiness, joy, happiness, 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 and pleasure and comfort. And so when I hear things like this, I want to kick the can down the road Put my fingers in my ears and simply say, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear this because our whole culture in the West has been about how great God can make my life. And we quantify that by greatness, what I have, what I enjoy, what I possess, what comfort do I have, and what lack of trouble in my life. You okay? Yes. Jesus tells his disciples that are closest, closest to him, he said, do not be deceived and don't be troubled. Which lets me know there's a place in God that we can get to. That even though that the waves are bounding on the boat, the earth is shaking beneath our feet, our economic, economic structure and system is becoming unraveled, And in the midst of not knowing where your food's coming from, if I have a job tomorrow, if I'll live through the weekend, God says, do not let your heart be troubled. Oh, what a magnificent God that in the middle of all of that, that my peace and my joy and my security is in Him. And that He has the capacity while you stare the unemployment line in the eye or you have to go to your neighbor to beg for food to feed your children that in the midst of that God Himself can hold us steady in the midst of the storm. I'm releasing this into you today because you are a mature audience. And this is strong meat. But you do understand the hour of which we are living in is unlike anything we've ever seen on the planet. So Jesus continues. He said, don't be deceived. He said, don't be troubled for all these things must come to pass So it lets me know we're not going to stop them. But he says the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be, watch this, in the middle of it all, famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And he says, and these are the beginning of joy and happy times for the Western American church. While the rest of the world is in complete chaos and going, and 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 people in Nigeria, Christians are being annihilated by the dozens and by the hundreds every single month, and the world watches passively by as their persecutions that are happening. Christians are being burned. There are Christians being nailed to the stake, and the whole world seems to be oblivious to this. Wow. And the Western Church whines and complains that if we have to come to church twice, three times during the week or perhaps attend the prayer meeting or perhaps that perhaps, you know, you're... Yes, keep going. Okay. And all of this is happening in the world. If you will read the headlines, this is a mainstay in our world. Then he says in light of don't be deceived and don't be troubled, that they're gonna deliver some of you up to tribulation and kill you. And you're gonna be hated by all nations. What we have enjoyed for 240 years plus in America has been turned upside down. where we have enjoyed protection and peace, been left alone. There are watchdogs now that are watching every move that Christ Fellowship makes, every word that I say from this pulpit, every word that every evangelical across America speaks. There are FBI agents that have been sent to churches. Listen to me to monitor what is being said, and now they're beginning to qualify and classify certain Christian evangelical organizations as terrorists because, not that we're anti-American, no, we're probably the most nationalist group in our country. We love this nation, but we are strict constitutionalists. We are strict Bible-believing Christians, yes, yes, yes. and we adhere to the instructions of the word of God and when you hold to a certain perspective and worldview they now qualify certain things that I said two weeks ago as terroristic and hate speech and needs to be monitored I get my wings clipped often by some individual sitting in a cubicle. This is not in alignment with our community principles. This is a violation of our standards. America is turning has turned and is turning on our biblical Judeo-Christian foundation and those that adhere and adopt and walk in conjunction with a biblical worldview. You must understand that what I'm telling to you this day is the absolute truth regarding that. There is coming a day in America, listen to me, that they're going to arrest believers, incarcerate them, trouble them, and many will be killed. And it will happen by all nations. You watch this, church, you watch this. All the nations of the world are turning against the biblical perspective Jesus himself he is the only threat he is the only light he's the only hope of the world and the God of this world is manipulating and controlling the world system to stamp out and to eradicate and to eliminate the voice of reason and the voice of truth you, Jesus said this, they're going to kill you. Well, I don't know if that will ever happen. Listen to me. Listen to me. I never thought, I never thought that parents would have such sway that we would never keep score with kids playing baseball. I never thought that we would get that soft that parents would say, I don't want my child to know that he lost today. Because my angel is the winner of all winners and there's no possible way that he could ever do anything to cause any contribution to a a loss. And for you to show him that that team scored 10 runs and we scored two could damage his psyche and his development. So therefore, we must eliminate any negative feeling or emotion because we want our children to be well balanced. It happened seemingly overnight. You could have never convinced me that Georgia would go from red to blue. (laughs) Now that's political. you, You could have never convinced me of that. But it happened overnight. You never could have convinced me that there would be such confusion with some of the most educated people in the world where they're standing before the congressional house in a hearing and and they asked a person, do you know the difference between a man and a woman? Can you define a woman? And with my own ears, I hear this woman trying to be one of the Supreme Court justices of the United States of America, look them square in the eye and say, you know, I cannot define for you what a woman is. If you would have told me 10 years ago that, (laughs) see how rapid things have happened how things have unfolded. And for us to think that what I'm talking about is 12, 20, 30, next generation down the road. It's happening at the speed of light and it will happen to you before you even know it. So therefore, don't be deceived. Yeah, going. Right. Right. And then look what he says. And then many, now watch this, many will be what? What? many will be what Isn't it interesting that in the midst of the end times now watch this every person look at me he he's talking to his people and he says i got to make sure that you understand don't be deceived don't be troubled these all things are going to come at you you may be incarcerated they may put you in a labor camp you may not have food and you you may be killed But in the middle of it all, a spirit will be released into the body called the spirit of offense. Not offended at the government, but an offense inside the body. If I can be honest as your pastor. The greatest thing that the body of Christ is dealing with. Hear this very carefully. If you're going to quote me, quote me correctly. Hear my heart. The greatest, and, and I just met with pastors the last two weeks to three weeks. And you will not believe what they're struggling with in the midst of a move of God. He says, she says, some of my key leaders... are pulling away from a move of God. Now, these are pastors. And I say, why? They got offended. Wow. Do you understand that when you come to a church and you place yourself up under a leadership team, you are not placing yourself up under the ministry of Jesus himself. You are in a ministry that is led by, you sit next to, you do life next to fallen men, fallen women, and you expect them to hit and bat 1,000 every single time. But in the middle of it, your eyes have seen. You have witnessed the move of God. And because one person, one individual doesn't see it like you see it, you take on a heart of offense and you go, I can't stay there. I don't like what God's doing. I dealt with four or five pastors in the last two weeks. Todd, you wouldn't believe it. These were my main people. Sang on the worship team. I would go and have dinner with them. Fellowship, cry with them. Todd, tell me what's happening. And you're willing to walk away from it all and start something new. Go to a house church. I'm going to say something about a house church. Some of you may may need to hear this. Because there's a movement in America called the house church. In the Bible days... There was such a thing as a house church connected to a local church. Amen. They weren't individual rogue happenings. They had to have house churches because they had no corporate gathering. Read your word. Most house churches start because someone gets aggravated and angry at the church they attend, offended, mark my word, this may be high, it's not scientific, but the vast majority of house churches today, if you went to them and asked them, why are you starting this church? and if you dug down deep enough, it will come to the surface, well, I didn't like, or I don't see it. Too many house churches are started by offended people. In your Bible, they were not started by offended people. The house churches were sent out for the establishment from a local church to begin a new church in another. Not somebody that's mad. I'm upset. I'm offended. I'm aggravated. I don't see it. I'll never do this. I'll never be a part of it, Even though your eyes have seen. So good. That's good teaching. Yes, oh. yes. Now I'm just, I'll probably get all kinds of hate mail right there. Well dear God you should I feel led of the whole No listen, listen I can make myself feel led about anything I can make myself feel good about it Good teaching, new teaching, new revelation Gifts of the spirit in operation I just feel so much freedom I don't have any anxiety when I go to church I don't get to see certain people Offended One of the ways that you know That what you're doing and what you're about to do is not of God and in his timing is when you leave a church or pull away from a church or back away from serving in a church when you're offended. That's the moment you hunker down. You introspect and you say, God, why am I feeling this way? Identify the culprit, identify the teaching, highlight the moment something that bothered you, something that went away, because before that everything was fine, but something went away. You go back to that moment and you have an adult conversation with the individual and say, I want you to know that I'm feeling uncomfortable about this. Can we walk through this? Can we dialogue through this? Can we somehow come to a conclusion? We may differ but can we just work this out in the spirit? That's the biblical way. The Bible even says that when you have an alt against your brother, you lay your agenda, you lay your new church start on the altar, and you say, I'm not going to come back that and present. i got somebody that rubs me the wrong way, that's causing me to disfellowship. Okay. That's, good. Yeah. that's good. That's good. I've, I've gone too far, I know. No, I've, go, I've gone too far. I've it's gone too good. far. Have I gone too far? No, And so you pull away and you back away. And Satan will make sure it's filled with success and happiness and peace. But what happens is, now watch this, you can join yourself with other offended people because you find each other. Satan will give you just enough happiness and pleasure and success and anointing and all the way move away from a place that God called you to and he's not leading you out of. But your flesh can't handle it. I'm telling you in the end times offense will intensify in the body. The two of you get mad at each other over something silly, something that happened 10 years ago not worked out. So if he can divide you, fragment you, this is a warning to every person that's visiting this church today. Amen. And you're from out of town, out of state and everything, perhaps you're, you're here today. I'm just telling you, when you go back to your church, if you're in a house church that's launched and started, or you started it or launched it out of a fence shut it down immediately. It does not have and will not have the favor of God on it. You lay it down. You go to your pastor. You go to your, because they may not even know or they may have a different perspective. They may have a different perspective on issues. Why he said it. Why she said it. And a conversation can clear the air. Shut it down. The house church movement in the Bible happened because of persecution, right. not because of offense. Good it happened because they didn't have structures like this. Right. Good it happened because we got to gather together. Bible says they went from house to house. Watch this. House to house Giving he- breaking bread with one another and giving heed to the apostles' doctrine. Does that make sense? Not disenfranchised. Now somebody may get offended by, being me, by me even saying what I just said. I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm telling you exactly what Jesus said. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Many will be offended. And then it says, and will betray one another. Who, who's he talking about? He's talking about, the, he's talking about hey guys, you understand because he keeps talking. They're going to kill some of you. They're going to put some of you in jail. Don't be deceived. Don't be troubled. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, some of you are going to get offended. And you're going to betray one another not talk, not fellowship, not come together, pull away. This is the exact agenda of Satan. You get offended at church and your offense may be legitimate. It may be. It may be you're right. And I'm wrong. You're wrong. Karen's wrong. Elders wrong. Pastor Marty, I can't I can't believe they miss that welcome to the club Mm. I'll miss it again I'll miss it next week I may miss it in a month I'm letting you know the frailty of this intellect, this spirit this heart as pure as I want it to be, it's still a man, it is amazing that church people expect their leadership to always bat 1,000 and the moment that they don't see it eye to eye they begin to pull away I'm offended why didn't she know that why didn't they see the green monkey in the corner of the church my heart breaks talked Well, anyway, so what does it say? They're going to betray one another. What does it say next? They'll hate one another. The very people you used to do life with, now you talk about. Wow. Because you have to make yourself feel good and justified why you left not you because you're here you understand what I'm saying what else does it say many false prophets will be raised up. there'll be a lot of false prophets in the end time what else they'll deceive many, they'll deceive many. keep going it's lawlessness lawlessness. We'll have to lawlessness will multiply and the love of many will what the love of many will grow cold. But Jesus is talking to his disciples. There's coming a time when the love of many will just hit a cold spot. And because they don't feel, because they don't sense, because they didn't get accepted, someone said something to them. Because they don't stay close to the fire, Eyes on individuals. Your Bible says that the love of many will grow cold. Do not be alarmed. Hear this. Every eye look at me, please. Do not be alarmed that in the end days, the church shrinks rather than increases. Do not be alarmed that in the end times, true believers become smaller in number. Your Bible says it. Because at the moment that they threaten you, people will back away. The moment that you get offended, you'll back away. What does it say? The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end. I said the one who endures to the end. Shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. I said the end will come. May God himself prepare Christ Fellowship Church for the storm to come. But prior to the main storm and the big storm, there'll be small storms that will come that you will be faced with. There'll be items and issues that you will have to win now in order to win later. The last thing that we need at this season is for Jesus Christ to come back at this moment. That's, yeah, that's right. that's, that was so right. Our mindset get me out of here. Take me from the suffering. Eliminate my pain. Facing trouble and tribulation. Can I be as bold as I close this morning? What we do not need right now is for Jesus Christ to return as the world is in its shape as it is in. Now, on on, on one hand, I say that with a divided heart. I I would love Jesus to come back. I, I would love to escape what is to come. No more chaos. I would like that. I want to be swept away in that eternal bliss. But the church is weak, so we cry. Come get me. Take me home. I don't want the pressure. But I believe, I believe, I believe today, I believe, as this world is in the mess that it is in, that it is a sort out of this, it's kind of wayward, talk to me, and we're speeding up and advancing, mm-hmm, Toward the end, I am telling you, we must exchange our lives for his life, our will for his will, our desire for his desire, and we must determine to finish and to not take our hand away from the plow. We must walk courageously. Come on, talk to me. We gotta walk in the middle of this matrix. We gotta walk in the middle of this chaos, this AI, this digital currency. We gotta walk right now in the midst of it courageously and say God come hell or come high water I'm not going to take my hands off the plow I'm going to stay in the midst of where you're blessing I'm not going to be moved by somebody's offense I'm not going to be troubled I'm not going to pull back I'm not going to give in to fear I'm not going to be wayward but God in the midst of the storm I'm going to walk right into the midst of the darkness and the chaos that's what we need in this hour A love for God that is so deep and so wide and so rich that it would cause one to walk to the end of the world and to preach the gospel. For those of you that do not know, the gospel was birthed with one word, sacrifice. And its success hinges Not upon grace, not upon mercy, and not upon love alone. But it hinges upon the people of God that Jesus entrusted to his people. The gospel of Christ, the word sacrifice, my opinion, my feelings, my hurts, my indifferences. And say, God, I have sniffed out where you're working in all my life. And I would venture that hundreds of you in this room would say the same thing. In all of your life, you have never seen the amount and number of miracles. If that's you, then listen to me very quickly. If you have never in your life seen as many miracles as you have witnessed since you've been at Christ Fellowship, I want you to stand right now. If you have seen more than what you are seeing today fleshed out in your mind, I'm gonna go to you because I don't want you to lie. I'm gonna come to every single one of you that are sitting down and say, please tell me what church you were a part of. (laughs) That you've seen more miracles before your very eyes. 98% of us, for those that are sitting down in what? In God's green, listen, green earth. Did you ever leave that place? 98 to 99% of us are standing in this room. And what causes this move of God to happen is not because of grace, mercy, and love alone. It is the sacrifice of our people who are united around one cause and one person and a compassion for hurting people to bring the kingdom of God to their life. So you're saying to me, you've seen blind eyes open at your church, deaf ears open, psoriasis melt, lame people walk. My question to you is this then, why in the world did you ever leave? That's a fair question. Could there now be a trend? I would do everything in my power, Karen, to latch on to what he's doing, wherever he's doing it, in the capacity that he's doing it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Stand your feet all across the room. I'm closing. These are tough days and they will get tougher. God is going to call you and demand something from you. These are the greatest times to ever be alive. And oh God, Give us more time. God, would you not come this week? Because I have a neighbor that's unsaved. I have children that need to fall in love with you. I have a co worker that needs to know you. God, please, not yet. he even said until the whole gospel is preached to the whole world ah make it happen God this is the greatest hour of Christ Fellowship Church this is our greatest moment our greatest season Our greatest vulnerability. Did you hear what I just said? Lift your hands and begin to pray for Christ's fellowship right now. Please pray for your leaders, pray for one another. That the peace of God, which passes all understanding, would fill our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. God have mercy. Father, we thank you for Freedom Tabernacle, Lord. We thank you for War Hill. We thank you, Lord, for the Church of God of Prophecy, First Baptist in Dawsonville. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in these end times that they're experiencing you and moves of the Holy Ghost like they've never had before. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the Methodist Church within a hundred yards of us. For the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in their life, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Ha! I thank you, Lord Jesus. For crossbridge. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Who you bless their pastors. Church God of prophecy. Come on, church, we're praying right now. Ha. God, we thank you that you're going to protect us. You're going to guard us. Thank you, Lord. Touch our people, Lord, some of the greatest folks in the world. Ah, bless you, holy God. Lord, now listen to me. Here's what I want you to do. Ask the Lord right now and be honest. Lord, is there a fence in my heart? Ask Him. And Lord, who do I need to make that right with? four churches in the last three weeks become sidetracked and distracted because of that one thing, offense. And some of us have read The Bait of Satan. You know the the penalty, the the value of offense and the power of offense. Ask the Lord, is there anybody for the sake of this house, for the sake of this house, is there anybody that I've offended or that has offended me? And if the Lord reveals that to you in even the most subtle way, ask the Lord, God, if you, no, God, I will, according to your word, make that right with them and attempt to do that. And you watch the peace of God and the joy of the Lord come back to your heart and a reconciliation and the kingdom relationship restored. May not be best friends again or ever But the kingdom relationship will be restored. Some of us will need to take the first step. And they may not even know that what they did offended you. My Lord. So Lord, I thank you for the healing that's taking place even right now. Lord, you're bringing... Clarity to the hearts of our minds and to our spirits. Oh so Lord, thank you. Have your way, God. Give us the strength to do it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. amen. My Lord, come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. <clears throat> All right. Tonight, tonight, make sure you're here for prayer at five o'clock. Prophet Jeremiah Johnson will be here. It's going to be absolutely otherworldly. So we will see you tonight for prayer. Uh, Make sure that you're registering as well for uh, the dinner of of eight. Uh, If you're interested, go to the table. Also, um, New Covenant Partners. God bless you. Love you guys. See you tonight, this afternoon.